Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Basic Binges, part of Nom Talk Network. On this show, we review popular shows while eating and drinking our binge-worthy snacks and drinks. If you're watching live, don't forget to redeem them just channel points. We've been back for a while, so go ahead and do, do cruel things if you must. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Ramirez, and right now, in light of what we are about to uh, embark on, I have all the blue foods. I have blue peeps. I have... <laughs> Blue Sour Patch Kids, blue, uh, what's it called? Um, what are these called? Uh, these blue things, blue suckers, and I also have like blue little bug juices things. So all the blue foods in honor of Percy Jackson. Um, but I want to introduce you guys out there to my wonderful, wonderful guests, um, Jordan, Kyle, and Alejandro. How are you guys doing today? We'll start with you, Alejandro. How are you and what are you snacking and drinking on? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to talk about this. It'd be interesting. Um, I wasn't as nifty having any of the blue foods. Got the blue cap, but I was like the thinking cap. So we'll just say I did that on purpose. <laughs> but other than that, I'm having some KFC. All right. It's not the meal of the gods and a little bit of a little Pepsi on the side. So I'm ready to have some discussions of this uh, really cool show with some food. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for being here. Jordan, how are you out there? Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, what are you snacking on? How you been? This is nuts. It feels like an old muscle that I haven't flexed in a long time. Um, and speaking of flex, they flex at Camp Half-Blood. So I'm really excited to talk about Percy Jackson. Um, I uh, recently just had a little bit of a, like, a, it's called a village burger from one of our local haunts around here. It's got arugula, it's got like meat, cheese, all that stuff. And I have it over here. And then I also have, because I'm so loyal to Cutwater, they came out with a tiki, um, hurricane uh so i've got some of that in my little my little tub um and speaking of hurricane there's a lot of like water a lot of like thunder and some missing thunderbolts coming this way so i feel like that was a little appropriate for tonight it does it does it's right on cue it's right on point with the series and the books and everything but thank you for being here um kyle how are you doing and what are you snacking and drinking on tonight so I am, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I um am, I, I, I okay, I'm going to let you guys in. Uh, I had not seen the movies. I'm, I, this is, this series really was part of my, part and parcel of my first introduction. But since we're doing Greek, I went to my local Greek restaurant and I got Greek food. So I have some kebab and I have some Greek salad and I have some hummus. And I have just a bunch of Greek food. So I'm really excited because I've I'm been like jealous. waiting for this for a couple hours now. I know. <laughs> I should have that ordered was Greek smart. Food. I did not even think. <laughs> so Delicious. smart. That's a yum. It is so smart. Next time. Next time I will have all the Greek food and none of the blue candy because my teeth and my stomach are going to hate me after this. Um, but <laughs> thank you guys all for being here. Uh, for everybody out there, we are uh, going to talk about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I don't know if you can see my screen. Uh, episode one through four. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get started, I do want to let all of you guys out there know for the month of January, we are still fun fundraising for the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is a nonprofit organization focused on suicide prevention efforts among the LGBTQIA plus youth. So please be sure to check that out if you want to donate. It's in the chat and everything. Um, and it's a really good cause. But uh, jumping right into it, everybody, I want to know, <clears throat> because I've known about this series for a while, because I am a really big fan 
of not only the original movies that came out in 2000 or in 2010, but also the book series and all the other series that have come out. And then when this one was coming, I had heard rumors. So I was gung ho for this. Uh, I want to know what was your like um, past with Percy Jackson and the Olympians or the lightning thief or anything like that. And what did you think about this series even before you saw it? Like what were your ex expectations? We'll start with you on this one, Jordan. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you started. Um, so I read the books before, or I read the books after the movies, the original movies came out. Um, and because I was really interested, I wanted to know more. Um, and when the movies came out, I was like, oh, this is super interesting. It was a little bit older, right? Like, so it was easier for my consumption, sort of like at the age that I was at the time. Um, and then I read the books. And there was sort of like a disconnect because the because the books seemed a little bit younger than than the movies that originally came out. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this was an interesting take. But I did notice that a lot of the detail that was taken in the books was not put in the movies. And so I was like, damn, I wish I had seen this. I wish I had seen, you know, the oracles. I wish I had seen, right, like, like spoiler alert, like, oh, we're all like spoilers, right? Like, I wish I had seen Hades Child, like, with the cheeseburgers. Or, like, I wish I had seen all of that. And we didn't get that in the movies, right? So my original exposure was the movies, and then I went to the books, because I always want to, like, get context as to, like, what happened. So when the series originally, like, I heard that they were redoing it, and it was going to be a Netflix series, I was really excited, because I was like, oh, great. You can expand on sort of, like, the universe of Percy Jackson. You can expand on all of that. And, um... So that was like my early on sort of like interactions with the Percy Jackson universe. I'm also like really into Greek and Athenian mythology, like every like aspect of it. Um, you know, I was super into like Assassin's Creed Odyssey where like you like get all this like mix and you get all this stuff. So um, to have this come out as a series was really awesome. Um, and so that's sort of like how I was introduced to this. And then when I watched it, I kind of was like, oh, but like, we'll probably get into like the, like what didn't, what, what worked and what didn't work later. But I thought overall, I was like, great, like it, they can expand on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, <clears throat> I was that way too. Um, plus, interesting enough to find out, uh, Rick Rorden, who wrote the series, I think that was much more involved with this Disney series than they had originally let him be. Um so the movie, everybody was older casting and they had changed and cut out a lot of stuff and he was cut out of it completely. So um, I'm real. I was really excited for this series. Um, Alejandro, what were your um, inklings with this coming into a TV show and what had you known about it from the past? Um, <clears throat> now, with this, I was really hyped up originally because of uh, actually producer Steph was giving me heads up about this coming in general because she understands that. I have a huge, huge love list like Jordan for a, a Greek mythology. So my major obsession with, unfortunately, battle tactics and going into the things of Medusa and understanding, you know, the concepts are not only, you know, things that are realistic, that sounds great, but going into actual, you know, you know, listening about this, you know, the Odyssey and so forth as well. I really just enjoyed it in general. Now, when it came to the actual books, I was unaware. Um, and at the time that when this movie came out, I was a little older. I was getting just uh, a little bit, I think, uh, close to being out of high school at the time. And my essential connection was with my younger brother. He read the Alex Ryder series and the Percy Jackson series. And these were two series that he really enjoyed. And at the time being, I wasn't exactly 
you know, tempted to actually watch, to read the books. Cause I mean, it was at, at my time in the opinion, it was around the same time as that the Harry Potter release books were coming out, you know, to, to additional wise. So it was a weird point for me where there was an excellent amount of actual, you know, what you consider young adult fiction. And I was so stuck in that weird mindset of like, oh, can I really read children's books? And this is before I was like really, really proud, full-fledged nerd and was, you know, wanted to go do this out go stuff. So that being said, I backed up a little bit. However, the movie was announced and it was in 2010 uh, with the initial movie. And my brother was hyped because he had an opportunity to actually, you know, see a movie that actually came from the book. And once again, I was kind of unaware of what how the book was in any way, shape, or form. So when I saw the preview for it, I was like, wait, Medusa, what is this? Oh, modern times, this looks really cool. So I immediately went to watch it with him. I fell in love with it. And at the time being, he was just so wanting just to see a version of the book on screen. I didn't hear any complaints from him. That and he was like 13. So like it was kind of a interesting thing. So interesting thing. So anyway, I digress. Really loved the, you know, at the time being the movie. And then I found out a little later about the discrepancies between the book and so forth. So actually seeing the series, I was kind of hyped about. So yeah, that's my initial interaction. Nice, nice. Well, thank you. And Kyle, what were your uh, initial things going into the series? Did you know about it before? So I was, full, full disclosure, I have not read the books. I'm going, and I've only seen bits and pieces of the movies. I'm going into the series totally with this being my first introduction and I'm loving it. Second. Um, during the pandemic, I had a, a number of friends, the height of the pandemic, I had a number of friends coming out and being like, oh, I'm reading Percy Jackson, or these were my favorite books when I was a kid, and I never read them, because I was in my Harry Potter era, and I just, you know, I completely missed it, and even though everybody grows up loving Greek mythology, and I had that, you know, just the, the stories and the details and everything else, this one, for some reason, just completely missed me, and I was like, summer camp, summer camp for Greek, what, what, what is this, I don't, what is this summer camp? I don't understand. Um, so I went through and then um, my roommate started watching the series and I had bought the books during the pandemic. So I lent her the books and then I started reading them and then I'm watching the show and I just, I've absolutely fallen in love with it. It's so much more than what I thought it was because I won't lie to you, the movies looked awful. The movies looked absolutely <laughs> awful. But these these were just these really bring home and it's like it feels very personal and the stories feel very like personal and it just feels really human and I'm absolutely in love with it. Yeah, no, it, de it definitely does bring in more of a human aspect towards like how the books were for me, uh, even though the movies. The movies are a different universe. It's, it's the multiverse of Percy Jackson. They are in a different. <laughs> multiverse than what the book and the series is taking place in you gotta love it for what it is but it is not this <laughs> sure um but getting into it um we are going to talk a little bit about the episodes because we have four episodes to get through today so first off we start off with the first episode it's called i accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher <laughs> this is where we first get to meet uh, Percy Jackson, Walker Scoreball, um, Grover Underwood, who's Aaron uh, Simbadri, uh, Sally Jackson, Virginia Cole, uh, Chiron Glenn Terman, um, and uh, Electo, Megan Maloney, who I saw Megan Maloney. I didn't know she was in this, and I got super excited because uh, I love her. Uh, but we start off meeting Percy, and he knows something's wrong with him, gets in a fight at school in front of the Met, 
and Electo, who is a Fury, goes to go attack him because they have finally found this demigod. We'll explain that here in a moment. Um, and she goes to go attack him because he apparently stole something from the gods. Uh, he fights her and destroys her, gets home to his mother because he gets expelled from the school. She takes him out to this cabin of theirs. And she's kind of explaining to him more and more of his life and her, his father, that he just couldn't be around and that he's this very special kid. And Grover shows up and says they need to go because something's coming after Percy. Lo and behold, they see that Grover, or Percy sees that Grover has, uh, is a satyr. He has goat legs and freaks out and they get in the car and they start driving um, to this place where Grover and Sally know where they're going to, Camp Half-Blood. Um, as they're going, they get attacked by the Minotaur and the Minotaur unfortunately uh, crushes Sally Jackson into dust and Percy ends up killing the Minotaur with his own horn and knocks out and that's the end of episode one. Um, Jordan, since you've read the books and everything like that, I kind of want, I'm going to rely and jump to you a lot. Um, what were your thoughts about <clears throat> this first episode? Like, did you want anything more? Did you like the little changes that they did do, like, at the fountain? Uh, the fight wasn't inside the museum and anything like that. Um, and uh, the blue candy wasn't mentioned, the blue foods and everything weren't mentioned. But did you like these changes? Did you like how the pacing of the first episode started? And how did you feel about Percy? Um, we'll start with you. Yeah, so, okay. So I will say I would just do a blanket statement on a couple of things. First of all, I don't think the episodes are long enough. I feel like they're super short and there's not enough for character development, especially like coming from the book. Um, you know, there's, there's so much depth to these three main characters, right? Like you have Annabeth, you have Percy and you have Grover who have this like history and this historical, you know, stuff that they're going through. And I feel like 30 minutes, 35 minutes to 45 minutes, is just not enough. And I've been feeling that way through the entire series. That being said, I do love the fact that they stick to the accuracy of the books to some extent, right? Like, I, it, it's better than the movies. And I feel like we didn't get to see that portion of episode one in the movies, right? It was just, it was kind of like glossed over, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like um, with with this series, right, even though they are shorter, They've addressed details that I had questions about originally seeing the movies with the series. And so I do appreciate that 100%. Um, I do feel like they've sort of, um, like, kidified the entire thing, where it was like, I read it, and it was sort of almost like middle school, high school, like kids dealing with sort of all this stuff. And I do feel that energy to some extent, but I do feel like Percy, Annabeth, and Grover are way too young for like this this series to play out. And that's just me. Like I like I'm seeing it, and Percy is still very young, innocent, still trying to figure out who he is, who his dad is, and all that. But I feel like in the book, like Percy had a stronger sort of like constitution as a person um, in that. But with this first episode, I thought it was a really good introduction. If like let's like Kyle, I can't speak for you, but like if if this was something that you had never seen before, it was an excellent introduction to this universe. So I like 
there's pros and cons, but I feel like overall the pros overweigh the cons for me. Um, and it, 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 like watching it, I was like fully focused on what was going on. There wasn't a moment where I was like, oh, this shit's boring. And I like, I can say that for the entirety of the series, right? Like th there wasn't a moment where I was like, this is just like, it's taking too long. So yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. No, and I agree with you totally. Like little changes, they did seem a little bit young to me, but they're actually, which is great for Rick Riordan to do, the ages that they're supposed to be in the book. Well, when they were cast, when they filmed it, they were about a year older. So, um, which is a funny thing that we'll mention towards episode four. Um, but Kyle, um, having been like this for your first um, time into it, what did you think about this first episode? I, it felt very, um, okay, so initially it felt very 2000s film and hear me out. It just, it, it, it felt like something that I would have watched when I was in high school. It felt like something that I would have watched when I was, you know, late middle school. So I, I was really interested in seeing where it was going to go. But um, I do remember seeing bits and pieces of the opening of the first film. And this one felt, this felt a lot easier to digest. And I initially thought Grover was going to be the bad guy. So I was like, I don't trust this kid. And I don't trust a couple of the other kids in the camp. So I'm wondering if that's just my YA senses tingling, watching these kids going, hmm, I don't, you're too nice. I don't, I don't trust you. There's some susness going on here. Imposter, need to vent. Um, and uh, so, so I, it's good. I really liked it. It got better towards the end. It got better towards the end when his mom got vaporized, which has got to sound so weird. It's like, I'm sorry, kid, you're going through trauma. But to see that level of trauma in a Disney property, I was just like, okay, okay, I'm here for this. This is, we're not seeing, we got to know the parent a little bit before they Disney, before they Disney axed him. We got to, we got to know the mom before we Disney, we Disney-fied the mom. Um, you know, he <laughs> did. Get, Bambi getting smushed by a minotaur. <laughs> or Bambi's mom getting smushed by a minotaur. That's all that's going through my head. <laughs> it's just it's just Mickey on his little earpiece being like, you gotta take him out. You gotta take him out, Minotaur. You gotta squish her. You gotta take her out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and then, you know, then it happens and he's just like, good. Oh, good. Uh -huh. So Kyle, now throughout this entire series, I'm just gonna need you to speak like Mickey Mouse as I ask you questions. <laughs> oh gosh, okay. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, no, I got it. Towards the for me going from the movie to this and the books and everything like that books, I was definitely enthralled. But like it did, and it just might have been getting to know the new Percy and the mom and everything like that. Who I'm actually absolutely in love with. I love her acting in this and what she's bringing. Uh, but it did take a little bit too long to get to that action for me. Um, but Alejandro, what were your thoughts on this first episode? Uh, I thought they're great. Um, now, there are some things that are here and there. Uh, so initially from the 2010 film, realistically speaking, they did, you know, it, for doing a film and trying to crunch like a novel into a film. And we can tell, for example, I'm going to bring this out here, the Lord of the Rings series. We see what it actually takes, a three hour film or three hour just to get the first, you know, first book out. 
to any, and they even miss stuff in that film in general. So that being said, there's going to be some things that, you know, we're going to disagree with. And I fully, fully agree with It's just, there's just not enough time in the film itself. Um, not actually, to mention I, the, the extended versions of Lord yeah, of the Rings, right? Exactly. No, Don't no, 100%. <laughs> and then that, well, on that same note though, if you think about it, it, it literally could be if they did these episodes and they're like, yo, Hey, um, it, it, they could have pulled a, a Game of Thrones thing and the initial like hour, 20 minute, you know, special at least. But, you know, I, I think that eventually people, hopefully entertainment industry will learn and read the room of what may need to be extended, what may not be, you know, be extended. So I know it's neither here with there or that, but um, that is actually one of my complaints a little bit. Thank you, Jordan. I was, uh, you know, it just was not long enough Um, Two, I think the major disconnect is, is from the previous movie, which should have been extended as well they aged them up to teenage years they immediately you know started things super fast so i i will say it put the series at a slight disadvantage because it might have seemed slow quote unquote and i'm trying to figure out for those that are not very familiar with it if percy if percy jackson is just freaking out and having tripping trippy moments or he's actually seeing things so for those that haven't seen the film they're not you know not too sure about that uh, and that's, or you've seen the film and or read the books but other than that i think the biggest disconnect is the fact that we as as I, i'm going to speak for my me as an american viewer of television of life i think we're disneyfied so much to like understand that you know this is this is what you know things are clean this is what you know this is rated r this is pg-13 and so forth as well that we are not used to what i consider like the grim fairy tales or the true lores of a lot of, of places not only in the united states but beyond different countries myth you know greek mythology it is mean there's there it, assholes the way medusa exists everything and i won't spoil it, but that like it they're, they're assholes i mean it's it's horrible you know what i mean so so the fact that i i, I think is another thing we're not used to is and i think they should have did this to the actors maybe the kids are not too young per se right Maybe they went on with the classic, hey, let's make them super young. I mean, let's go ahead and give you them the clothing, make them look adorable to realize the fact that they go through some gritty shit. I mean, reality, if, you know, to see the fact they're already, stab you know, stabbing harpies and stuff like that in the first place, I, I do think that not only did they introduce the monsters pretty quickly, which is great, but at the same time, they should have, I, I would say, make the grittiness of what a child goes through a little bit more natural in a sense. And I get it. It's Disney. I get it. We're going from different takes, and I think that's what kind of watered it down for me in a sense, uh, just for the, the 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 childlike actors. But I'm glad that they did stick with the age therefore, because if we're, if we're talking about progression like Harry Potter or anything like that, it they should age up pretty nicely in a sense if they are consistently you know going through this as well. Uh, but the very beginning of the film, like I said, I was really impressed how the uh, sense they had a series to work with, and that there was a 45 minute episode how they initially introduced the monster and creature immediately introduced, you know, what, how Percy was, you know, seeing things in general. So I think that helped a lot, uh, kind of, you know, get it through there. Um, I will say for the first episode, as much as I like the action coming out, I do think my complaint with it not being long enough was also kind of going slow initially at the beginning for me. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I won't go, you know, won't skip on to the next thing very quick here. But yeah, I, initially my ultimate reaction to everything was great. I, I do think that it was nice to actually get an idea for who he was, the school settings, um, you know, coming in and just you know seeing where he comes from. Even the introduction of the stepfather, I, I didn't. I that I that is actually really freaking important. I've never from somebody that's never read the book and watched the show, and then after she was like, oh wow, looking up, I'm like, holy crap, how they leave him out in the film? I mean, there it's like you know, I thought that was that was pretty crazy. So sorry, I skipped ahead, but yeah. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. Um, but I did forget to mention Gabe uh, Agliano, Tim Sharp. Uh, 
who actually I like way more in the series than I did in the book and or the movie. Like <laughs> very charismatic, a charismatic guy. And so I'm just like, I enjoy this character that nobody's supposed to like. Um, but no, uh, I'm right there with you. They did. I, I feel like they did make them younger, uh, their appropriate ages, because from what I've heard, they already are slated to do all five books of the series um, with these kids. So I think that's why they, Cast that's them exciting. <laughs> you get them young and you keep them young. Oh, that's what I <laughs> Yet again, every day, all the time. Every time I talk to you now, that's all I want. Be it Disney or not, that's all I want. <laughs> Mickey the Pit Boss. Mickey the Pit Boss. <laughs> um, before we do jump into episode two and summarize that and our feelings and everything like that, I do want to jump in the chat a little bit. Because Tim Spiration says, Jordan's background is kind of unnerving. It looks like they're standing behind him at a uh, standing behind him, looking at him at a glance. So they're looking right at you and us. So there are other guests tonight. Um, but Tim Spiration also says, certainly, certainly they were accurate to a greater extent than the movies, being the characters and the how they're taking the series uh, step by step, um, which I totally agree. Um, but jumping into episode two, um, it, the uh, title of episode two is I Became, I Become Supreme Lord of the Bathroom. In this episode, <laughs> in this episode uh, Percy wakes up in the medical tent at uh, Camp Half-Blood, which she was just told about. Um, he kind of wakes up groggy, walks outside, and he meets um, Dionysus, played by uh, Jason McIntyre. I can't say his last name, but Jason. Um, he walks out there and meets him, and he's just like, hey, what's going on? Uh, I'm here to apparently find my father, and Dionysus plays a trick on him. And he's like, well, I'm your dad. Go down here and get me this bottle of wine and come back. And uh, But then Chiron comes up and tells him, no, he's not your dad, but this is who you are. You are a half-blood. Or a, a demigod. A demigod is a human parent and a godparent, and they meet and have a baby, and they're out in the world. Um, they get attacked by monsters as they grow up, and some of them don't even live to be the age Percy is, because monsters start start going after them more and more and more and more. But this place, Camp Half Blood, is a safe haven for all demigods. Um, he starts getting walked around, and he meets. Um, Wow, he meets uh, Luke Castellian, played by Charlie Bushnell, um, and he gets placed in the Hermes cabin because Hermes cabin takes everybody who is doesn't haven't been claimed by their parents yet because each child has to get claimed. Uh, meets him. He also meets Annabeth Chase, played by Leah Jeffries, um, and uh, they start walking him around, showing him the archery and the horses and the Pegasuses and everything like that, and saying. We train for battle. We learn how to fight these monsters for our own safety. And you're welcome to stay here all, all the time. And then they find out that there's going to be this big, like, camp, capture the flag, war training games. And Annabeth, which I completely forgot, puts Percy on his team, on her team. And they go into this battle. Um, and he gets attacked before the battle by the girl who, um, wow, why am I? Messing up. Um, Clarice, another girl. She's the daughter of Ares. He gets attacked by her in the bathroom, and Percy's water god powers because his father, who his father is, kind of destroy her and like make fun of her. 
So during the battle, she goes to attack him specifically and kind of messes him up, kind of cuts him and everything like that. Annabeth kicks him into the water at the end of the series and his wounds heal and he stands up and he has a trident over his head, meaning that he is the son of Poseidon. And that's where this episode ends. Uh, Kyle, what were your thoughts going into this being like, this is your first time seeing all of this? What were your thoughts on this episode? Okay, so first off, when you said claimed by their parents, I had this vision of like, those after school pick up your kids things but it's a bunch <laughs> of greek gods and they're just in their little chariots and they're just like you know timmy timmy, timmy i'm coming dad please i'm coming so just you know walking him over because it, and that's where i think that's what, what was fascinating to me is because i know that in greek mythology i mean let's be honest we all know why all these gods and goddesses have so many kids and i was like we're making a we're making a book about this for young kids. Okay. All right. You know, you guys have 50 million brothers and sisters because your mom and dad, yep. you know, um, played fishbowl key, car uh, fishbowl car key games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what, what, what it works. It works. I just couldn't, I couldn't disconnect my head from that briefly, but I, I liked this episode. I liked the world building. I like that they have they they have reasonable ways to address all that stuff, and I liked that. Uh, I mean, I go I went in knowing that he was the son of Poseidon, so I was not entirely surprised. But it was like, oh hey, um, I was surprised by how powerful he is because I I know that you know I'm that the, the characters have varying degrees of powers and stuff, but I was genuinely surprised that like this dude has the water being ready, you know, to come up and. Uh, give somebody the worst visit to the bathroom that they've ever had. And I'm just like, okay, mm. okay. And it's like, is it your dad? Like, what is this? Where did that come from? But I like that they're, that they're playing games and that, you know, they, cause they, so they don't really, they don't really cut it down violent wise, which I liked. Um, and then, but they also, so they don't tone it down, but they also keep it toned enough. So you don't have to answer like, well, gosh, why are there enough children of hermes that they have their own cabin how many people <laughs> that's that's i think we're also the disconnect with the series got me i was like i know how all this happens how is it what's going on here so i loved it i loved it good good um alejandro what are your thoughts on the second episode uh second episode um it honestly it was i what's the best way to say this um better I, better than the first one in in sense I, I i believe the pacing was a little bit better i was happy with the storytelling a little bit more um i think it's a prime example as well of how i think they're slowly but surely moving their way into filming this because our first complaint in this initially in the beginning was they're they're you know hey they're, they're actually young looking you know why, why aren't they you know what, what's going on this is maybe they felt like they should be a little more confident then you see this battle scene. Now, I remember the second film. And that second film, you know, I thought it was pretty badass. I was like, all right, cool. They're fighting each other. Cool. I didn't understand. I was like, all right. I mean, how can they, like, top this? But I felt more fear for, like, Percy Jackson in that scene in which, which what should we call it? Um, oh, man, I'm about to find her name right now. Just just looking at her. Uh, Clarice that was playing, you know, the, you know, Clarice coming at her. The fact that she was just swinging those freaking sharp ass new weapons in this direction. You see him getting hit. I, I found that actually the fighting scene was 
pretty believable. I was one of those things where I was like, all right, cool. This is a scrawny kid, but he's actually taking the hit going back and swinging back as well. So just seeing that I, I felt the desperation in the fighting scene. So that was very believable for me. So that was cool. Um, I do feel as if, um, you know, for, for who he was, uh, there was that you know mixture of uncertainty of not knowing how to use his powers, but naturally they appeared in the first episode and now this one here, but at the same time wanting to actually have that confidence to be claimed by his father initially. Uh, so I, I felt that that was great. Um, believe it or not, uh, when it comes his introduction to, uh, let's see here, Luke, uh, I believe that Luke now, in my opinion, is a little bit more likable than Luke that I saw in, in the initial film. And, and maybe they're doing this, of course, on purpose, or maybe it's just the excellent acting skills of, of you know, Charlie Bushnell, I believe his name is. But I mean, realistically speaking, I just felt like a, a little bit more connection with, with Luke. So um, the gift that he tends to give, you know, um, Percy... Uh, with the actual shoes, um, you know, and, and just the, you know, the additional day, I, I believed it a little bit more. I uh, just didn't feel cooked, which once again, for those that seen you film and you're watching this now, you'll be like, wait a minute. So, you know, we're at a point where nothing is going to be necessarily revealed like it is in the movie quite yet. But like I said, it was just that really, um, I don't know, I, I, I liked him more. Uh, in regards to the casting, uh, like cause when it came to Annabeth, I believe that I was a little skeptical at first because I was like, why is she so quiet? What's going on? And then it hit me. I was like, she's cold calculated and she's just battle planning. And it, all doubts went like out my freaking head after about, I think, like six minutes into the filming. I wasn't too sure how they were trying to pursue it. So it was one of those things I was a little unsure of. So I was happy with. Um, but uh, ultimately, I, I just really I I, uh, I feel as if we're definitely getting more of an explanation of, uh, you know, uh, of the camp itself, you know. So, you know, being at Camp Half-Blood, I, I, I feel as if, you have it feels like a camp in the film it didn't it felt like it was some kind of glamp glam away that we're doing false combat training in the film i as badass as it seemed it still felt it non-campish really i felt like who the hell what's going on you know what i mean so i felt as if we were really feeling like oh this actually feels like a camp i stayed at before you know minus people trying to slip my throat with uh multiple weapons but um uh <laughs> but yeah i I, I, I felt really good about it it depends on wh how much money your parents had to send you to camp because that was <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> Very valid, valid. Um, but I do want to bring up uh, the fight scene that you were talking about with Clarice, how it felt like so real in comparison and everything like that. One, I appreciate that they actually put the fight with Clarice again uh, in the TV show because it is with her in the book. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason it does feel real as well, especially the part where he breaks her staff, um, that scream scared them all in real life actually the actor per who plays percy and the act background actors she let out this feral scream and scared everybody on set so mm. those react actual reactions to her doing that howl so that that's, I think, that's as well she's such a good actress that to do that um but jordan what were your thoughts on the second episode any complaints <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, uh, per the usual, it was too short i feel like sorry river the nom -tuck cat is going insane um i feel like it was too short i feel like it was it was a good encapsulate of what needed to happen in that scene but i feel like it was too much of oh hey you're at a camp oh hey this is what we do oh hey you can't shoot arrows oh hey by the way we're gonna put you in a like warlike scenario that's like really quick oh hey you're getting beat by like Aries's daughter. Oh, hey, you're a Poseidon. So it was like, I, I feel like it was too, I was like, 
I, I know that this was played out longer in the books, right? Like, I know that this was, like, a a longer transition from, like, shit, like, I'm a demigod to, like, now I need to realize that, like, I don't know who's my dad to I need to realize that, like, because he meets, uh, who's the, 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 oh, uh, uh, the, the, the head of the camp? What's his name? The satyr? Chiron? Uh, Chiron? Iron? The... No, no, no. The Mr. What's his name? Dionysus? Mr. D? Yeah, oh. yeah. Mr. D, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. like, he's like, he meets Mr. D, and it's like, it's like a longer played out thing, and then you have, you know, uh, so I feel like it was, it was condensed so much where I was like, huh, I wanted to see more of that. But I do appreciate the fact that, like, that war scene where, like, they, like, get split up, and, and, and Annabeth's like, yeah, you're on my team. And it, like, but even like Annabeth's, like her explanation of why she can do what she can do, right? With the cap, with everything is just kind of watered down and is more focused on Percy. And then you get exposed to the fact that like he's Poseidon's son and you're like, well, wait, why? Like, like, like there is no longer context behind that. So I think for like fans that have like read the books, you're like, oh, like, okay, cool. You're following suit, but like, I still don't get it. But at the same time, I was like, the actual scenes that were playing out were awesome. I feel like, like, like the battle scenes and like him sort of like, and, 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 and I don't know if this is just like a personal irk, but like, he sounds like he's a smoker. I know he's like a minor, but like, he's like, hey, like, I don't know what I'm doing, bro. Like, I should be in like fast times at Ridgemont High, like type of like voice. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. Like you're probably going through puberty, but at the same time, like, 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 pick, pick, pick one, right? And so, I, I don't know. It was just like this episode. I was like, okay, cool. Like you're, you're this. But I also feel that all the other episodes sort of end like that, right? Like, and we'll talk about episode three and four, but like, um, where it's like he discovers a certain power or he discovers a certain aspect of himself. And then it just like suddenly ends and I'm like, I would like to know more. Like, I just want to know a little bit more before the episode ends. And so I feel like this is where it sort of began, where it was like, okay, you're beside the son, but like, why? You know? You're his yeah. son, but why? Why does your dad do that? <laughs> why would your yeah, dad cheat like, you? Like, where is he? Or like, why? Why now? Right? And I know like us that have read the books, we're like, we know why. But in, in, in like a cinematic universe and in like a TV universe, I'm like, there needs to be some type of explanation because somebody who's never seen this and I can't speak because I'm like, I'm biased to like that information. Somebody that sees this, I'd be like, what's going on, right? Correct. No, and I'm right there with you. Like um, at this point, um, like I became Supreme Lord of the Bathroom. We're already on like chapter like seven of the book. So there's a lot that's happened in the book up to these two points. Um, and they're, like me and Jordan said, they've done a good job of incorporating. It's just they're barely touching on them. And these endings, starting with this one, like Jordan says, are kind of starting to irk me a little bit because where they're ending them off, they're not giving full explanation. I get it. It's a TV show. You want people to come back. But it's still, there's other points that I felt they could have done it that you're like, okay, well, now I have the explanation. Now I want to go into that next episode. Um, but going into the next episode, <laughs> the third episode we have, it's called, we visit the, um, garden gnome emporium. Now this one, Percy has just 
discovered that he is Poseidon's son. Um, and they take him up to the big house where he's talking to Chiron and Dionysus. And they tell him that they've been waiting for a demigod to come to go on to this quest. Um, because the Zeus's lightning bolt has been stolen. And they have, uh, until the summer solstice, winter solstice, summer solstice, um, to get it back to him. Or there's going to be this big war between the gods, um, mainly with... Percy Jackson, uh, uh, Percy Jackson's father, um, Poseidon, and uh, Zeus, because he thinks that Percy has taken his thunderbolt. So they tell him that he has to go on this quest, but first, and thank God, they have him go up to the um, Oracle, who is this crepid old dead rotten body upstairs, uh, and she tells him that he's going on this quest, that he has to pick uh, members of uh, the camp to go with him, at least two, because quests are always with three. Um, and so he picks Grover, who is his best friend, and he picks Annabeth, uh, Annabeth Chase to go with him to find this lightning bolt and to also potentially get his mother back. Um, so they start their journey and they get on a bus uh, and end up in New Jersey. Um, bus kind of dies out and come, lo and behold, the Furies are there. Magnolia's back and attacks them again. And they run through the forest, and they end up at this place called the Garden, uh, Madame M's Garden Emporium. Now, in the book, it's different, and so in the other first movie, it's different as well. But in this one, they get there, and they see statues, and they realize that this is Medusa's place. And Electo walks up. Um, Medusa walks out and kind of, like, intimidates her to, like, not hurt them, invites them in. And she gets a story about how she was turned into Medusa, that um, she loved Athena and everything like that, fell in love with Poseidon and got punished. Um, then pretty much tells Percy that she can get rid of Annabeth and Grover and he can go on the journey alone. Um, he runs away. They go down into her big like statue cavern thing and cut off her head, uh, take her head outside, turn uh, Electo into a statue, and then they go on their merry way, and that's the end of episode three, which was not very captivating for me. But what were your thoughts about mm -hmm. episode mm -hmm. I had my issues with the Medusa fight scene because it just was very boring to me. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. what were your thoughts about this episode? Who? Me? Uh, Alejandro, sorry. No, honestly, the worst episode of, of my least favorite. Um, main mm. reason is, I guess, one, I, I'm, I'm, I already know the history of Medusa, so I, I hear the story, I see different takes on it, uh, pretty much the same, which is great. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. My, what I would say I enjoy the most about this is once again, they introduced a little bit more information than I was privy to from the actual movie itself. Uh, there was no inviting people in dinner. It was immediately coming into, you know, it was not, there's really no nice part about it. In the film, they went right to it. It was like, boom, here you are. Oh my God, we are in this unknown place that mm -hmm. happens to be Medusa's lair. We fucked up. Uh, so when it came to that concept, I did enjoy the, the, the series more of them actually introducing or bringing the concept of kind of, full-fledged bringing in the mother's comment of understanding of, you know, telling her, you know, do you know, are you looking at Medusa an actual monster compared to others, you know, from the previous conversation they had, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't know if that's actually in the book, please correct me or not. But the fact that it seemed it, it wasn't in the book at all. It kind of, they do talk yeah. to her. Um, yeah. 
but they don't know she's Medusa. Got um, like yeah. Got yeah. a different personality and everything like that. Uh-huh. It's this weird like hamburger stand type thing. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, see, see, okay. Then see the me, the, it, the book obviously shows trials and tribulations, which is fascinating because I've heard, I heard about the book and being the introduction to how the book plays out in reality, I've heard the book's very much like traditional, what we call Greek mythology tales, uh, you know, mm-hmm. putting in somebody, you know, obvious, obvious youth in a very tragic situation and it's up to them to actually come in. So that that's fascinating hearing that because now seeing the film or seeing the, you know, seeing the show and how it plays out, it does seem to like they try to sympathize towards Medusa once again. And, and here's the deal. Medusa's story is tragic. There's no doubt about it. You know, she got the shitty end of the stick. Now, on the unfortunate part about it is she's engulfed with hate. And you can tell from this part of the film that she has an idea of what's going on. To me, it felt like it was a filler episode. To me, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, holy shit that's a lot of statues and I, I that was fascinating to me understanding you know Seder figuring out that he lost a previous you know relative that was there and that's the you know, trails there that was interesting I found those parts interesting and I don't blame necessarily necessarily what we're seeing I blame how it's cut and edited and how they played it out I, I wish that it was it seemed like half of that could have been in you know or you could have put that in the film in the first one like if they did like a whole hour of that and left that at the end I might have been like okay that was a badass first episode um you know but it seems like however they continue to film the rest of it which we find out later that I, I can see why um uh, other than that I, I really like I said I wasn't really disappointed by the you know it, like I said, I, I will agree with you guys in regards to the, the scene in general. It felt like they just decided to kill Medusa off because it was an easy thing to do uh, coming into it. Um, you know, I, I felt that was that was interesting. Um, I wished it was a little bit more in depth with that. But once again, neither here or there. But ultimately, uh, I was like I said, I, I was happy to have more information or more of a, it seemed to be a, a longer understanding of the introduction of Medusa. That, that was nicer. But I felt like the, the episode was a filler in general. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Did we lose Eric? Oh, I think we lost Eric. I sorry. Eric got Medusa. No, he <laughs> looked at the statue. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. So I guess he'll he'll be back soon. So I guess coming into it, uh, Kyle, um, let's go ahead and uh, go with uh, on to you, my friend. What, what did you think about the the episode, and how did you enjoy it? So I. Okay, once again, this is one of those stories where I really struggled to separate the Greek myth from the actual character because um, the Greek, the Greek, the, because I know the specifics and we know in the myth of Medusa, Poseidon is not is not the nice, you know, tortured fit dad figure here, and we know that, and it's it's it was really hard for me for the first time. Like I have no problem. I'll read anything. I'll read the back of the. I'll be read the back of the soap bottle, but for the first time, watching <laughs> this as a young adult thing, I was just like, "This is this is a little hard for me to separate what's going on with the actual story versus what's going on." Why? <laughs> My internet decided to run away on me, so I don't know what happened there. But I'm glad you guys continued. Go ahead and continue, Kyle. <laughs> you got we, we were joking and said you got Medusa. You looked at the It might have been. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it was a little hard for me to connect to to connect to it because I was just like, the, there's a lot going on here. I know that it's important to the legend of Perseus because obviously this is 
a modern retelling of the legend of Perseus. And um, I know it's important for him to have faced Medusa. So I'm like, okay, I'm going with this. But it really, it really was interesting. I don't, for me, the best part at the end was the cameo. Um, the cameo at the very end of the episode, which I'm not going to say who, but that cameo at the very end of the episode made me so happy. I was like, yeah. And, yes, yes. and that was, yeah. So this was definitely filler. It was a little weird for me to watch, but that cameo very nearly made up for it. Yes, no, I agree. It was a it was a tougher episode. I feel like they could have combined this third episode with the fourth episode, and that would have been good. And then they could have had more time for episodes one and two, maybe. Mm. Um, but uh, Jordan, what were your thoughts on this episode? I don't know if we actually yeah. touched on something yet. <laughs> no, we ha- we haven't. It was uh, so um, yeah. This was a little like again. This is probably going to be the theme of my fucking like reviews, right? Like. This episode was rushed, a hundred percent, right? Um, they end up, you know, escaping the train. They go to um, Madame M's Emporium, and I, I do feel like the films did this better yes. than this than this sort of whole thing, right? Where um, they realize, like, it's like automatically they know it's Medusa, right? Like, it's like, uh, and then it was like, oh, welcome, blah blah blah, all this stuff. Um, and 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 I do feel like we need to address the um the elephant in the room where it was like at the very end when they cut Medusa's head off, Percy Jackson rebels and says, We need to send this head to the gods in order for them to get a message sent. I did appreciate that because Percy Jackson represents sort of like this rebellion against the norm, right? Like, and we see this theme play out in this episode and in continuing episodes since right and i i I did appreciate that and um yeah like lin-manuel miranda like as much as he pisses me off because he's in like every fucking thing on the planet i'm like okay fine like cool do your thing like be the delivery guy for the gods right like you're like her he's hermes right like that's that's who he is yeah and um uh, like I was like, okay, cool, right? And, like, we see the consequences after, but I kind of appreciate the fact that they address sort of, like, the rebellious nature of Percy, because he's like, no, I'm not going to be a traditional fucking demigod. I want to, like, and and the fact that this character and, and, and this actor is questioning every aspect of what it is to be a demigod and what it is to be a god and subservient to them is amazing. And I feel like we get our first taste of this in this episode, which I definitely appreciated because we, we see that throughout the books of Percy Jackson, where he's like, why, why is it this way? Why can't it be different? Like, why do we have to constantly follow this? Like, Oh, we need to give homage to the gods. Right. And, and I think that like goes, I think it differentiates from the traditional, like Greek mythology version of it versus like the retelling of it, where it's like, we have people now that are like, okay, but like, why do I respect you, even though you disrespect me my entire life, right? Like, and so I, I did appreciate that of this episode. But yeah, I feel like it was a little rushed. And I feel like it was not, it was not as well executed as it was in the movie with like Uma Thurman, right? Like with her playing Medusa. I kind of liked that aspect. It was more, the movie was more Clash of the Titans Medusa-esque than it was with Percy Jackson, Medusa-esque. And I feel like it was a little, I feel like like it was a little like kitty in this one. And I was like, okay, like I get it. 
And then we learn about like the after effects of like when Grover saw his like uncle who, you know, all that stuff. And like, I don't know, it was just, yeah, it was quick. It was too quick for me and it was too like, I don't know. Um, but overall, I feel like it did a really good job at explaining why Percy is rebellious in nature. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that one. Percy's rebelliousness of the demigods that you meet, especially with Percy being there and Annabeth being right alongside him. She is very, by the book, These are the this is the knowledge I have. I've been training for this. And Percy's like, well, I have a pen sword. Let's kind of go. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. And, and that's always who he is throughout the entire series. And he actually, like uh, Jordan was saying, kind of breaks down stuff, especially with uh, Annabeth. Um, and we'll see that in a couple of episodes. Uh, but like I was saying, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda playing Hermes at the end of this episode, um, walking with Medusa's head in the box to take it up to the, the gods um, as a gift was the first little slap in the face that Percy does give to them. Um, and I really hope that Lin-Manuel does not sing at all during the series because then I will <laughs> somebody. <laughs> how do you really feel like just let it all out. i like I him but he's throw, in everything and i will, I will throw dynamite right. at disney he is in everything i took him <laughs> i i made sure he was on my payroll <laughs> oh he definitely is um <laughs> but um <laughs> let's jump into episode four which is the last episode that we're going to be talking about today called i plunge to my death in this episode they get away from madam m's and they manage to get on a train uh heading for um well heading for the west um because that's where they think they have to go now they're going to la Uh, yeah they're going to la um and so the train unfortunately they meet this woman um, her name is Echidna. You don't actually know her name, uh, but she's played by Susan Cryer. Um, and her little dog in a little carrier bag, at least you think it's a dog. And she says that um, the kids destroyed their cabin and their train, everything like that. And come to find out, she is the mother of all monsters. So uh, all the monsters that you've kind of seen so far, this is their mom. Um, she attacks the kids. They end up... Uh, getting off the train somehow and running to uh, the St. Louis Arch because that is Annabeth's mom's, one of her uh, temples, the modern day temple. So she believes that they should be protected there. Um, They get there and unfortunately, Annabeth has not uh, been under her mother's good graces because of this whole situation thus far. So pretty much uh, Athena lets Echidna go into the Arch and attack these kids. Um, Percy ends up uh, getting poisoned, and at the, they're at the top of the arch, ends up getting poisoned, pushing Grover and Annabeth into a stair, uh, stairwell and finding them on their own. A big hole opens up at the bottom of the arch um, during this battle, and in order to save himself, Percy pretty much jumps out the hole, or what kind of falls out the hole. And then um, St. Louis River kind of comes across and picks him up, which uh, Rick Warden definitely didn't do his due diligence on how close the arch was to the river because it kind of had to arc and then arc and then arc to pull him into the actual river. But he gets there Uh and he meets a a dryad in the water. uh, And she says that just breathe and believe in yourself. And and, like, these are your powers. Your dad will be there um, for you. And so he heals himself and is saved pretty much. 
Um, at the end of the episode, cops are there because of a terrorist attack on a train, terrorist attack on the arch, and these three kids are now enemy number one because Echidna said who they are, everything like that, and so they're kind of screwed at this point at the end of this episode. Um, Alejandro, what were your feelings? Was this rushed? Do you feel like it could have been combined with episode three like I do? What were your thoughts? Uh, the uh, my issue once again it seems to be a running issue like Jordan mentioned before uh, so there is a speed issue um I, I will say that um I I have to say this this is slightly related slightly not it just dawned on me why I think this actor is going to be excellent for Percy Jackson I don't know if you guys seen the Adam Project for Netflix anywhere but he plays like the young yeah as I say he's like the young Ryan Reynolds and for those who don't do it he is very snarky he has a mouth on him. He's pretty funny. And now I'm thinking about this. If he develops the way he is, maybe, and this is, a, this is to maybe answer Jordan's previous question, because he has this, this unknowing, you know, not very sure where the voice is kind of going, you know, kind of deal, kind of like mystically. I, I, he's Keanu Reeving. He's Keanu Reeving the whole thing right now. So he's like, what's going on? Not too sure. But that being said, I, at this point where we're at, uh, I'm going to be real with you. I was a little terrified as a kid. I was that, that, those, that little creature in the box there, that initially little creature, I, you know, so the initial interaction of him being stabbed, I, I'm a sucker. I, that, I, that, I believe that, that, that got to me. Um, the one thing again is it just feels as if they were trying to push this information to you really quickly. And I, I feel as if they're kind of rushing these episodes to meet any expectation of what a lot of viewers do. They don't like waiting and we don't like waiting for the next episode. And I'm thinking right now, I'm so it doesn't, it, to me, it feels like it's being, we're being suckered into it in a sense. So it's not a negative. I don't please. I, I just want them to hopefully, you know, all right, learn from this. Let's, you know, hold more information so i do fully agree with you if it was combined episode three and four i thought that would been great if they just gave us two long ass episodes i would have been happy I, to me that would have been that would mean a more uh preference um i will say this for the amount of cgi and stuff that we have to deal with i was actually impressed with some of the creatures um yeah. I, you know i I, yeah. I do believe the, the harpies and so forth as well still and like, I wish, you know, there's practical effects still here, there, but I'm, I'm actually, I'm a little happy they went in that direction because we get stuck into points where, you know, either the acting's not believable or, or the temporary special effects or what they use just to get the audience on through a pilot sucks. So I was happy that it wasn't victim of that per se. Um, I will say, um, uh, uh, actually just going to admit Thank you, that camera freaking scary as shit. Uh, that I, it's just not a uh, man. I, as a kid, always heard of it. So seeing something to my eyes that wasn't on paper, that was that was that was nuts. Um, but once again, I, I guess the biggest, the, my biggest complaint was just the the, the pacing of it all. Um, I do finally enjoy that we do see a, a portion where he shows his true powers. Uh, you know, he heals himself. Holy crap! I mean, who freaking does that? We do see there's a cut, but the fact that he had poison through him, he's been his, he pretty much got his ass handed to him. You know, when it, it comes to this thing, he is in my case. He is a classic, you know, case of like victim but hero at the same time of just trying to like slowly but surely get his ass kicked but somehow maneuver his way out of it so seeing him having a point going oh great you actually had not only have a true connection to your father you know this this you know this mer creature i'm going to call right here at the time being but the fact that you're you know you know acknowledging it and then not only that but taking and healing yourself i thought that was that was that was cool um i will say this that brief interaction with it uh, you know when they're like oh you, your father does know you and then boom gone i was a little pissed with uh because to me i was like yo okay 
like is is like is this like your wizard harry moment what the fuck is this and i like, <laughs> and like i was like you know all right whatever you know but <laughs> you know i do understand on a pacing level and at the pacing that you know jordan pointed out at the very beginning it was very fast paced and i get if we're continuing on the fast pace you know the fast pace they were doing i i guess that makes sense on that aspect of it um i will say uh and this is all ended on this note right from myself that I truly enjoy episode one and two more than I do three and four. Um, mm. I, I'm not, I think three and four had plenty of chances and they did have lots of action, but I felt like it was played out differently. And I felt if they just blended the actions from three and four in with the episodes of one and two, we might've got a little bit more wholesome, like, and Jordan mentioned it, Kyle even mentioned before, like, okay, I understand this tale, even though I have histories of, you know, Greek mythology with the new age, you know, introduction of this, but I, something's missing. Like what, what, like what, what's, you know, what's that connection there? Uh, but once again, I ultimately, I would give this a thumbs up, but it's like I said, three and four to me are a little less likable than one. Or two. Yeah, no. And I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like I enjoyed getting to know Echidna, uh, the mother of monsters a lot more and uh, seeing the chimera and everything like that. They're doing something weird in these last two episodes. They did it with Medusa and they did it with Echidna to where they're giving us more explanation and like getting to know them a little bit more. But then the actual action scenes that they do have these battles, like with Medusa, her battle was way more epic in the movie and in the books. Yeah. Echidna wasn't unfortunately not in the movie, but in the books, there's this huge, and it's like this, people are like running and fearing for their lives and they think it's an actual attack. And it's way bigger. They're just not giving it the... They're putting the wrong emphasis on kind of the wrong things for me. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Jordan, on episode four? <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, I kind of like this episode better in the series. Um, but uh, I think I think I, I agree with Alejandro with certain context, right? Um, I do feel like this episode, again, this is going to be my complaint from here on out was too short and they packed too much fucking shit in this one episode right because they get off they have to escape the train then they have to escape echidna right they go to the museum that's below the st louis arch by the way i've been i've been to the st louis arch in a blimp right like i haven't been like in it but like i've been above it and like it's huge it is ginormous right but there's a little thing and like they have to do that and then percy is like I knew from jump. I knew from jump when that fucking thing stung him. I was like, oh, he's he's fucking gone, right? And if you've read the books, right? Like you're like, oh yeah, he's fucking poisoned. So like you're you're like you're you're going on this adventure. And then I thought it was so hilarious the scene where they're like splashing water on him, like right in the fountain, and they're like, oh no, like I have to plead to my mom, right? And then they get to the top, and then Echidna basically tells Annabeth that like her mom basically is pissed off at her because of the whole Medusa head and all that stuff. Um, and and you know that I appreciated, and the fact that like Percy is now coming into his personhood, and he's like, no, like I'm gonna save my friends, even though I'm like fucking poisoned. He does that. He like tries to fight the Chimera. He falls, and then you know his dad saves him. Like we all knew that was coming, but. I think the I think the pivotal moment, right, was when like he's in the water and he's struggling and like the 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 naiad or dryad naiad dryad oh is it a naiad okay uh, dryads I believe are for trees and naiads are in water thank you the naiad was like 
your father knows you exist, blah, blah, blah. And Percy's like, no, like, no, fuck that fool, right? And then finally, like, the the dryad is, or, or the, um, the naiad's like, just breathe, which is what his mom told him, right? Like, whenever, or he told his mom, and, like, they would say to each other, and then he can breathe underwater. I think this is also a pivotal thing for this series, where it's like, they're trying to say that Percy has all these powers without explaining them. And I don't think that's pervy to people that haven't seen or haven't read, right, like these books, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, well, now he can breathe underwater. Cool, why? And it's like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, like, he's like Poseidon's son, but like, can he do that? Like, he doesn't have gills. Like, what's going on, right? And so I feel like, I feel like that whole episode... I do feel like that whole episode was was action-packed. It was, like, constant, right? It was, like, this was happening, and this was happening, and this was happening, right? But there wasn't really an explanation, and it was, like, oh, it was, like, Annabeth, oh, my mom's pissed off at me. And I'm, like, okay, well, why? Like, I get the Medusa head thing, but, like, why did Percy's actions affect why your mom is pissed off at you, right? Like, there wasn't really that sort of, like, overall explanation. What I do appreciate... um, and I, I don't think we addressed this, was how we, uh, Grover addressed the fact that Pan, the god of, like, nature, was just missing. And we, like, that was sort of, like, glossed over with all of everything that was going on with everything else. And I feel like that's a pivotal, like, moment, especially for Grover and especially for satyrs in the books, where it was, like, that was a moment where well, I don't want to spoil anything, but like it, it just it, it was a moment where it was like that should have been like expanded more for a little bit, and it wasn't. And like we're we're more focusing on Annabeth and Percy for like a good reason, right? Like because they're like the growth of that. But I do feel like this episode, I I feel like it was my favorite because it was just it was act. I, I like action. I like what's going on, and I feel like this represented more of like. I don't know. It had a summary of like Greek mythology in like a nutshell than most of the episodes previously did. Okay. But but like but <laughs> but add CGI to it and it made it sort of more tangible and digestible. Yeah, no, I I, I can agree with you. They give more of a like you said Greek mythology to it. It just I there was more that I wanted from it. And like you said, these episodes, and this will be all, all of our gripes, need to be longer. <laughs> um, but uh, I do want to get your guys' final thoughts over this first four episodes. Like, have we gotten to know the characters well enough? Do you think you know them? Do you like where the story is going? Do you think you know where the story is going? Like, um, do you wish there were more gods and monsters and everything like that? We'll start with you on this one, Kyle. Okay. <clears throat> so I think... I, I, I wrote a piece a while back that wasn't about Greek mythology, it was about Norse mythology, but it pointed out something that Alejandro made me realize, which is that at the time, the stories of these Greek gods and goddesses were essentially the Grecian equivalent to the MCU, okay? These were the Grecian equivalent to the MCU, to the Harry Potter movies. These were the things that you'd wake up in your, your, your forgive me if there's any Greeks watching this, your, 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 you know, your, your temple or your goat hut or whatever, and you'd go and you'd be like, oh my god, did you hear about what happened to the the lady and the swan oh my gosh that's crazy so these were the tales these were the morality tales that were set down and we talk about the hero's journey um and it's it's basically that and then you have 
trying to adapt that for a younger audience. And I think there really is a disconnect between wanting to see. I, I really do think, at least for me, speaking for me, it is a disconnect between that that crux of knowing that this is adapting it for people who are younger than I am. This is embarrassing for me to admit that, that there's <laughs> it's adapting for people who are younger than I am, but also that I'm much because I'm much more interested in the Sopranos esque family dinners that the Greek gods <laughs> must be having up there on Olympus. Because you have to, I, and I would really much be rather be watching the parents because if you consider that Poseidon, I mean, yes, he has his sea palace and whatever. If you consider that Poseidon has to deal with Athena and know that the two of them have beef, and then you wonder, you start to wonder about the machinations of the parents behind the scenes, which I think is a big portion of um, why like there, there's a lot of really subtle layers i'm with jordan that i liked this episode better because um i think that there it really did start to introduce the layers and going into episode five mm. you do see a lot more of the layers with the relationships with the gods and the kids and you do see that it's a story it's not just a story about a hero that's a kid it, it's a story about a family and it's a story about a kid dealing with what amounts to a crappy parent because these characters in the MC in the the Greek CU, the Greek pantheon, the, <laughs> the, the Greek pantheon universe, the GPU, um, these characters were like living beside these people, and they weren't just morality tales, but they were tales of like, you know, cautionary tales too. And yeah. I don't think there's anything more cautionary than realizing that you have a parent. No parent is perfect, but in this case, your parent is a particularly absentee, crappy one. <laughs> and, um, I think that Percy's journey of coping with that, and then the nice thing is that they're giving, they're allowing these huge mythological characters to have pathos and backstory. And I'm not, I'm thinking about episode six in particular, and I'm not going to go into spoilers where we actually like talk to one of the parents and get to know them. And mm. I'm, and same with five, and you, you really kind of see like how they react yeah. to it. And I think that. You know, uh, the gri my gripes remain the same as everyone else's. It was the series is too short. The episodes are too short. Mm -hmm. They're trying to pack a lot in, and this could benefit from a longer runtime where we get to spend time with both sides of the group. But it is Percy Jackson's story, so I have to accept that I connect to this character. I recognize what Rick Riordan is trying to do. I see and understand and respect that. And, you know, I have to kind of suspend my sense of disbelief. And once again, imagine Poseidon and Athena just glaring daggers at each other while, <laughs> you know, Zeus just sits at the head of the table like Tony Soprano, just pinching the bridge of his nose. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we, we, we get to see that with a couple of them, hopefully, if they do it. <laughs> um, but uh, Alejandro, what are, your, what are your final thoughts about these first four episodes? Do you want to see more? What 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 are your thoughts? I uh, can't hear you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, one of my cats are freaking out, so I didn't want to hear everything. <laughs> adorable things there, but uh, I definitely want to see more. Um, I like the direction it's going. I want them to switch it up a little bit. Now, what I mean by this is that, um, like, to me, like I said, when I say the least two favorite episodes, I don't think they were horrible. I just don't like them compared to the pacing of the first two. Let's be real. The pacing, all four of them were fast in general, but I, I just feel as if if they blended the last two with the first two, then maybe two really great 
episodes would have been better in a sense. Uh, hopefully, um, at this point, maybe they'll find a happy medium what they're going for. So I, I realistically, I, I, I'm not... I could, I'm going to watch the next episode. It's just what it is. I'm, I'm really hyped for it. So that's still there. Um, I do believe the casting ultimately is great. I believe that that they are believable children of you know demigods. I do believe that you you show the struggle. I believe the internal struggle may be showing a little too much sometimes on their faces. I will say that I enjoy 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 so much uh, these characters more than I did in the film. They weren't bad actors in the film. I just think they reflect. Uh, a true child like nature when it comes to this kind of thing um, as well to like it's a Grover's character in my opinion it seems to be um, now correct I, I feel as I see like a, a more of an internal struggle with Grover now than I did in the, in the first film for the first film it just felt like there was an old timely cockiness there that don't get me wrong satyrs pants they have this cockiness to it it's there so it's interesting because like don't get me wrong i correct me if for if it's different in the book here but you know seeing you know seeing this character here struggle for we was it, it makes sense to me um and it's it, but at the same time i don't know if it it is a on purpose thing because of the book itself so but ultimately mm. i did enjoy him and i'm expecting the next episode this grover in the series is more like the book the grover mm. in the film that like cockiness and arrogance and stuff like that that really really the grover that was in the books really the Percy, the Annabeth, and everything, there was glimpses of that from the books into the movie, but these are way more accurate right. um, to the books. So, yeah. Um, Jordan, what were your thoughts on these four episodes? Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm trying to get River to make an appearance. <laughs> I got you. Oh, I got you. She's so big now. Hold on. Oh, it's a cat. Hello. Is this River the original? Oh, no. Say hi, Ripley. Oh, she waved. She's so big. Mm-hmm. Where, are the, where are the Egyptian stuff? deities? Oh, this is my Egyptian deity right here. No, See, that's, that's where. For, forget the Greek gods. We need we need the cat god. Hello. We need all the cats. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay. Don't crawl on my. Okay, good. Yeah, go out there. Um, so for me, overall thoughts. I'm enjoying it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's definitely more of an accurate representation of the books than the films were. I will say that. Um, as far as characters go, I did like the film Annabeth better than I did like this Annabeth. I feel like this Annabeth is a little bit more like woe is me type of thing and not and and not so much of like a strong sort of like female Athenian character, right? Like, um, but I do like the way that it's going for her. And and I feel like it's just going to get better and better. Um, I feel like with the mythology aspect, it's this series has done an incredible job at trying to relay all of that, like, compact information to a crowd that may not have read or known what Percy Jackson is. So I do give applause and credence to that. Um, I, again, like my gripe's gonna be, I wish all this stuff was longer. I wish it was, I wish that these episodes were like Falcon and Winter Soldier long 
and not like WandaVision long, right? Like where it was like, mm. oh, like, or no, WandaVision long, where it was like an hour versus like Falcon Winter was like, so I wish it was longer, right? Like I wish we had more time. And even if it was like 10 minutes to explain just some, some sort of background, right? Like why people do the things that they do. And I don't feel like this series does that. I feel like it's, it's like a condensed version. It's like a, a Campbell's condensed soup of like, Percy Jackson so and while I don't feel like it's not giving credence to that I feel like it could do a better job but overall I'm thoroughly enjoying this like I'm watching it I'm sitting there and I'm like there isn't a moment or a minute where I'm like this shit sucks right like I'm watching it and I'm like oh and like my dad's like what are you watching and I'm like oh it's just like series about blah 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 and he goes okay I'm gonna sit down for like the five minutes and he's like that was cool and I'm like yeah yeah it's like it's it's awesome it's amazing um and I think the actors are doing a the actors and the actresses do a really great job of 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 the characters and everything um I would just like to see more and that's just me as a fan um I would just like to see a little bit more yeah no I'm right there with you and like you said these are gripes love to see more um and with the Annabeth character, I do have to agree with you. I do like the movie version. And um, my partner sent me a text message because he's watching. And he's like, what about this Annabeth seems to have a little bit more of a chip on her shoulder. And not as, because the, the movie Annabeth does too. But the movie Annabeth is like a little bit more stronger into her power. Yeah. She knows a little bit more who she is and that confidence towards this one. Maybe it may be her age that she doesn't really have that yet. But we got to see great things from her. Um, yeah, I'm loving the casting. I'm right there with you. Uh, there's not a moment that I'm just like, oh, I hate this, and I'm going to shut it yeah. off because I'm yeah. totally enthralled with it because I do love these ser- this series. Um, but uh, we are out of time, guys. We managed to get through four four episodes because we keep having to pause this because of other things. <laughs> but next week we are going to continue with episodes, I believe, five through eight. Might be five through seven, five through eight. Um, but we're going to do this all again. Uh, but thank you guys for being here. Um, let everybody know out there where they can find you guys. And um, yeah, uh, Alejandro, where can everybody out there find you? Oh, shoot. Uh, I, uh, real simple. Uh, it's going to be I am Cowie. I am at I A M C O W I E. Uh, that'd be Instagram. I do. I used to do a lot of shenanigans, get back that in too soon. Or also on TikTok at Alejandro.Cowie. But that's where you can find me in here. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, Jordan, where can everybody out there find you? <laughs> uh, I am on Instagram. It is City of Stars 13. You can follow me. I post funny stories. I haven't posted a post in a very long time. So you can just like follow my stories. Uh, some of them are of River, the Nomtuck, the original Nomtuck hack. But Apollo and Athena for our lovely producer and Alejandro <laughs> are going to probably replace River. No. Um, rightfully so, rightfully so. We're, we're gonna just have a horde of like cats, uh, non um, family, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, non um, and then I am on TikTok. I don't know what my like thing is, I rarely post on there, but uh, just follow me on Instagram. You can find fun comedic stories there to make you laugh and have a good time. So. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here. And then, Kyle, where can everybody out there locate you? Uh, so you can find me on Blue Sky at Kyle Podig. That's K-Y-L-E-P-O-D-D-I-G. You can find me on Threads at Caroline Arts, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-G. 
A-R-T-S. Caroline Arts, that should be my threads. Um, and then you can also find me on TikTok, which is where most of my content's consistent. If you like unboxing videos, if you like uh, cosplay content, uh, if you like people rambling about uh, indie mascot horror and indie horror video games, that's usually what ends up on my cosplay. But unboxing videos in particular are something that I've ended up doing a lot more of just to kind of get more practice with talking to people. So you can find that at Caroline, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-G underscore cosplay. And that's basically it. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here as well. Um, and thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to join our Discord to keep this conversation going, as well as subscribing to all of our other platforms at NomTalk Network. Um, I'm your host, Eric Ramirez, and you can find me on all socials at Heartless7. That's H-A-R-T-L, the number three, S-S-7. Um, I pretty much have all of them except for X now, now that it's changed. Um, mm -hmm. But please sure to, be sure to join us next week when we'll be going through episodes five through eight of Percy Jackson and the, Olympi uh, and the Olympians. But until then, have a nominific day.